this is this is the euro step in so i'm renee bush and i'm from surrey england and i went to the university of pennsylvania graduated in 2015 and we played in the ivy league conference awesome great having you here today renee for me very special um knowing you and seeing your journey over the last couple of years um i've known you since you was about 10, 11, um, mm -hmm. and now I'm in fear that you're going to get a coach, like you're going to take my coaching job or something, you know, very hard work and very dedicated. So really awesome to have you here today. How and why um, did you choose uh, Penn? How and why? Um, so I, when I was looking at schools, had a bunch of criteria that I wanted my school to fit. Okay. Um, and I had that giant thick book. I don't even know if they make it anymore, but it had like the top 360 schools and I used to just like read it for fun no when way. I was looking for school. So I kind of looked in there and I knew that I wanted to go to a school in a city. I knew I wanted to go East Coast. I knew I wanted to go to um, as like highly rated an academic school as I could. So that's why I was looking at Ivy League in particular. And what else? I wanted to go to a school with a diverse student body. That was important to me. And I also wanted to go somewhere where I knew I was going to have a chance to play. I didn't necessarily want to go to like a big name school where I was going to maybe never see court time. Okay. So those really helped me narrow it down. Um, yeah. And then I got in a conversation with Penn. We sent them some game film and then I visited once, uh, loved it. And then I applied early decision. It was actually the only school I applied to. Oh, wow. So it was kind of a done deal. Um, and you seek them out rather than them seeking you out? Yeah, that's right. We, okay. um, My father slash coach uh, started with sending out game film to coaches and um, yeah. Okay. That's pretty good. That's a, um, I don't really know it to go that way. Um, but really? Yeah. In terms of, well, the, mainly the guys that I deal with, it's kind of like, you know, us coaches, we send out a bunch of tape um, to a bunch of schools or it's word of mouth. Mm -hmm. And then it's whatever comes up, comes up. But for you to be able to kind of pinpoint and look at everything and go, you know what, this is where I want to be. Not just because of the basketball, because everything else. I mean, that's pretty, yeah, I like that. I like that approach. Um, that was important to you. What to like be happy enough at the school that even if basketball didn't work out, that I would be happy to be there anyway. Okay, yeah, 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 definitely. And I guess um, there's a lot of individuals that don't think that way in terms of separating the basketball side to the academic side or what happens if it goes wrong. Um, you know, you do get a lot of individuals that transfer or go to a different program. And I guess it's because mm -hmm. I guess in some situations, and I wouldn't say all, they're kind of chasing the basketball element. So, you know, I guess in your sense, you're saying if the basketball didn't work out, you'd still be happy at the school. And there's a large majority like, hey, if the basketball doesn't work out, I'm going to go to a different school. That's it. Yeah. And it's always what's most important to you too. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Um, what type of scholarship did you get, if any? And um, did your grades uh, play a factor? So the Ivy League is unique in that the Ivy League doesn't give athletic scholarships, but what they do do is uh, need-based financial aid. 
So um, I didn't qualify for that, and so there was no scholarship. I'm very thankful for my parents for funding my college education. I'll pay you back. <laughs> I'll pay you back now. Both of your parents went to Harvard, so um, did. That, did that kind of, you know, you wanting to go to an Ivy League school, is it because they went to Harvard as well? That's actually very true. I didn't think about that. Yeah, my first dream school was Harvard. I wanted to go to Harvard until, um, so I didn't just choose Penn straight off the bat. I visited a few schools and not official visits. We just went to visit family and then made a couple stops at schools okay. and reached out to the coach to see if we could watch practice those times. So I did look at Harvard and um, I got the vibe that the coach was not all that interested in me and it just didn't feel right. I think if you have a chance to visit, you really can tell if it's a fit or not. Okay. Okay. Would you have liked to, I mean, if the coach seemed more interested, do you think you would have tried to go to Harvard? <laughs> Maybe? Yeah, because that just like right from the get-go made me feel unwanted there, even just on campus and watching practice. So maybe that would have been different. If I also wanted to go to school where I was wanted, so that kind of like cut it off pretty early for me. Fair enough. I um I have the pleasure in saying that I went to Harvard as well. It was a good visit. <laughs> it was a good it was only a visit, but yeah, it's nice. They got a nice uh court and stuff over there. Um what was the league play like? Um so you know in, in your conference. Um, how did you find it? Was it like a, a, a big man's league? Was it a guard's league? Was it up-tempo? Um, was it a lot of run and gun? What type of, you know, what style of play did you, you know, play against? That's a great point because there's so many conferences and every conference is different. So you also want to go somewhere you fit in. So the Ivy League, I feel like it's a very, I mean, we run a lot of plays and you scout pretty hard. So it's like a bit of an intellectual basketball conference, I would say, at least when I was there uh, five years ago. So, and I would say it's also, there's no like dominant positions per okay. se, but I would say every team tries to fit, you know, your one, two, three, four, five and build a complete team. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the setup you see. And what was your, what was your style of play over at Penn? What was, you know, what was the, the style of play for your team? It evolved while I was there because when I first went, we were a rebuilding program. So uh, my coach was hired, I think, two years before I got there. And he turned around a program that only won two games the year before he got there, I think. Wow. Um, so we started off pretty basic, you know, five out motion, um, very much defensive focused because we didn't have that much score, pure scoring talent. So we really focused on defense and knew that if we could hold the other team down, uh, to a low possession game, we would have a better chance of winning. And yeah, by the time I was a senior, we were much more dynamic, much more running team. Okay, yeah. okay. so we getting out on the track and, and, and kind of Dan Tony, Phoenix Suns type of We were on the track, but you weren't <laughs> supposed to take the first shot you saw unless it was like you were going to knock it down. Okay, had to be take wide open. The right shot. Um, being in an Ivy League school, it, I would imagine the academics is, uh, or the academics was incredibly hard. Um, you know, there was a lot of pressure on you guys making grades and stuff. Um, what what helped you graduate 
and you know still commit to um, playing on the team and are there any studying hacks that you know are there any shortcuts kind of thing that helped you out oh i learned a few things <laughs> first thing i used to think that i was pretty nerdy when i was in high school and then so secondary school and then when i got there i quickly realized that i was a very small fish in a very big pond and there were a lot of people a lot smarter and a lot more committed to academics than i was there so i think giving myself that like breathing room to say like okay i'm not the smartest person here and i'm not going to be so like gave me a little bit like i could relax a little bit but i still tried my best you know i would say get a tutor there are tutors you if you're a freshman or maybe all through your college career you'll have to go to study hall so go to study hall and get a tutor as soon as you sense danger <laughs> just like early don't wait till right before finals um and i would say i thought I was being smart by using my secondary school credits to skip out of like an intro level course in college. Mm -hmm. So I thought I'd be, you know, let me advance myself and just skip to molecular biology because I thought I was going to be pre-med at this point. I did not do that. Um, and the course level is just on another level. You should, I would have started from the bottom if I could again and not try to skip ahead. So uh, you put more pressure on yourself by trying to do the advanced stuff? Yeah. When, uh, you know, it's going to be, basketball is going to be enough, especially in your first year. It's going to be so much to adjust to. So be so reasonable. How, how, did you, how did you balance both of them? I like, you know, studying and, you know, doing the best. But especially, you know, you're a bit of a, a workaholic, especially on the, on, the, on the gym floor. So how did you study? especially the advanced subjects, as well as getting in the gym, getting your reps up, doing what you needed to do to try and put yourself in the best position to play. What, what did you do there? I think my first year, I just swung towards basketball and that was the most important thing to me. So oh, okay. that was like priority number one and then school came, my academics came after. I don't know if that was my best move, but I think my basketball was helped by that. Um, I think if I could have applied a little bit more of that to my academics, I might have done a bit better. Not that I didn't do well in school, but mm. it was like I picked basketball over academics at first. Were there times where your academics suffered because of it? So like, you know, you missed out on assignments or you half-baked assignments just because, you know, you just spent time. Okay. I would say definitely. Like one thing I remember is like you have morning lifts, usually, especially in preseason because we're a winter sport in basketball. Um, and if you have like a 9 a.m. class, sometimes I would just be like sprinting, just like uphills just to make it to class. And then I would just be so exhausted. I couldn't hear anything that the lecturer was saying. I think stop. also being smart with your schedule too. Okay, okay, I like that. Dealing with the changing of roles, how was it, how easy was it, sorry, to, to adapt your game coming from England to playing in America? So. You know, I know you was pretty prominent playing in Tassus, um, playing in Seven Oaks. Um, and I guess when you go to America, there's a big shift in court time, playing time. How did you do all that? It was really hard. And I feel like weirdly, I had a pretty good first half of my freshman season because I was a pretty smart player. Um, but I think as 
for the majority of my career, I found it tough because I was always a point guard mm. in the UK and most of the coaches I had knew me, trusted me, even when I was on the national team, uh, they'd known me for a while. And then when you get to college, it's like there's, you know, so many girls on the team, mm. you know, your coach can't only be focused on you. They're not always having conversations with you unless you're the type of kid that's always in coach's office. Um, so I felt at times like I wasn't sure what they wanted from me at the very beginning and they probably weren't sure what I was thinking because I I wouldn't communicate that well. Is that making any sense? I, what I mean is that like here, let's say, you know, if you can't get the ball into the point guard in Europe, generally you're like, okay, you just run the two spot. I'll bring it up if I couldn't get you the ball and I'm the two or the three. Um, but in my school, I felt like it was very positional. Like you're the one, you're the two, <laughs> you're the three, and you don't run on that other lane side. You know what I mean? Um, so that was an adjustment for me. And I feel like my confidence really suffered because I felt like I couldn't be creative. And then I started to doubt myself. And then it was like a cycle of that. Okay. Um, and how did you get yourself out of that spiral? How did you break out? Because there's going to be, uh, you know, as, as a lot of um, kids are gonna watch this, or a lot of prospects are gonna watch this, you know, anyone that's leaving Europe and now going to the States, how best would you advise them to try and, you know, adapt into that role? What, what mechanisms um, did you have um, that benefited you? Good question. I think it took me a long time to kind of deal with it and come out better on the other side. Um, I think if I could go back, I would have talked to my coaches more and earlier, just mm -hmm. have a conversation. Like, what are you expecting of me? And then here's how it feels when, you know, I'm on the floor. That would have helped. I talked to sports psychologists. I talked to the one at my school. Um, I'll never forget that conversation too, because I talked to her at him for about a minute and he said, do you realize you've said the words I should about, you know, 50 times in the space of a minute. So that was an eye opener for me. Most of the pressure was from me. Um, I talked to another sports psychologist here in the UK. Um, and it was mostly the pressure I was putting on myself. Um, and you know, you feel like you're like people at home or family members only see your stat line. Maybe, maybe you're not watching the games and you're like, oh, how many points are you averaging? oh, you know, you didn't get that many minutes in that game. That coach doesn't know anything. You know, those types of things can really mess with your mind. So I think talking about those things and also talking to, if it's your family, about how that makes you feel okay. is helpful. Yeah, and I also threw myself into like my own training and and also the national team programs when I would come home. So those were like my escape, you know, it was like coming home and outlet kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And training for fun. You have to remember why you play if you're not having a good experience in practice. Like, why do you love this game? Why are you playing? I like that actually, that, that thought of, you know, just because you're having a bad game slash season or period, try not to let that you know, everyone wants to perform well, everyone wants to drop 50 points, blah, blah, blah. But mm -hmm. I guess if you can still find the enjoyment in it, even though you're not playing well, you know, shooting in the gym and working out and, you know, that stuff, if it's, you know, if it's still fun for you, then I guess it can kind of take the pressure off. Definitely. Um, 
you actually reminded me there this was maybe my biggest learning from my entire college experience because going in i was basketball player like that is my entire identity that's my whole life like i am basketball that's why i wasn't as focused on the academics despite wanting to go to this school is i learned that you know, my performance on the basketball court does not define my value as a human being like that doesn't define me that's not all i am so being more of a full person is something I really learned in college. Who were the best players uh, that you played with or against? In college only? Yes, in college only. Played with, um, definitely, there was a guard who's a year older than me, Alyssa Barron. Uh, I think she's one, I don't know her stats that well. I think she's one of the all-time scoring leaders at Penn. Uh, just really dynamic guard just clutch, loves the game, and she's um, actually playing pro in Israel right now. And then also, oh, there were so many great teammates and players. I mean, in terms of accolades, there was Sydney Stepanovich, who was younger than me. She was a five player, like just so solid her whole four years and to perform as a freshman was really impressive. Um, yeah, I mean, those are just two I could name a lot. Okay. Uh, but with the knowledge that you have now, if you were to redo three things coming into college, what would it be? Oh, wow. I think one, um, lighten up on basketball. <laughs> I was like, How are you going to tell? How are you going to tell basketball prospect? Hey, lighten up. <laughs> I think you have to know who you are as a person though. And this is something I've also like, not every message is for you. So if you're like me and you're very intense and you want to make the most of everything, you put an insane amount of pressure on yourself, like relax, okay. like breathe. And I guess tied to that would be like your performance on the basketball court does not define your value as a human being. So like you are not Renee Bush basketball player, you are Renee Bush and you play basketball. So I think if I'd have known that. And then also, I think I would have, I would have gone to like more campus cultural events, shows, okay, been, other performances. The There's a whole world. Been part of the community a bit more. Um, yes, I was so focused on basketball. Yeah, and there's, and, and you know, me being in it now, um, there is a whole community, there's a whole lifestyle, um, especially the American culture, the, it's so enriching, uh, especially at university, you know, everyone's got the, the, the different pledges, the different societies, the different mm -hmm. groups, the different, um, and I guess it is a shame to kind of have the opportunity to learn and experience those things and not take full advantage of you know, that opportunity. Absolutely. They're all literally right here on this campus just for you. You'll never again live in this place where it's all people of your age, um, different people from different backgrounds. And for the most part, people are looking to make friends and meet people, so. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and what was your third thing? So it was lighten up, experience more stuff. Probably something not basketball. I think also, you know, explore my academics too. Cause I just fell into a major. I majored in economics. 
okay. just because, you know, I realized, oh, I kind of have some credits that count towards this. And now I'm a sophomore and I have to pick something when, you know, I am interested in it, but there might've been other things too. So I think exploring academics and also exploring, you know, people and other activities on campus. All right, that's an interesting take. All right, that. What's the best part of playing college ball? Access to the gym almost 24 seven. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we played the Palestra, which is my favorite gym in the world. And I could just swipe in and go and shoot at, you know, like 1 a.m. if I wanted to. Nice. Okay. Um, any other favorite bits? Well, I mean, first, before the gym, it would be, you know, the people you meet and your teammates. Cause I still, you know, I'm five years in. You don't have to try, you don't have to try and say, oh, the people. <laughs> so what if they see it and you're like, yeah, Renee never mentioned us, don't worry about it. Like, the people, it doesn't have to be about it, it's fine. But for real though, I don't, especially my class. Uh-huh. Actually, all my teammates, you just become family. You, it's, you spend so much time with these people, the amount of adversity you face, like the condition, the workouts you go through, the road trips. The you just become... dealt by coaches. <laughs> you will share that or hate the coach at the same time. I mean, sometimes, yeah. <laughs> I love sometimes it. you become your family. <laughs> there's nothing like that. Um, how is it playing in front of college fans? Um, I know there's a, a big difference in the UK in terms of the attendance in National League games and, and club games. Um, college sports is absolutely crazy. Um, like the real definition of fanatics. So, you know, what, what was it like? How did you adjust to playing in front of large crowds and people shooting and hollering and shouting? Well, my school didn't have a massive following. I think it's actually a lot bigger now, um, but sometimes we would play at places like we went to Tennessee, we played at Notre Dame. Um, so they had huge fan bases. I don't, it, it's almost hard for me to remember. I think it was definitely a shock. And when you look around in the depth perception on the basket and you're like, what? And when the other team goes on a run or something, you can feel the difference if you're the away team. But I think it's just kind of exciting. I don't know, I almost think that you kind of crave that when you're here. Um, so it wasn't really scary, it was cool. And also when I get on the court, I really can only see, you know, the four. It's like the four edges of the court and that's it. So you, managed to, you know, you managed to blank it out when you was playing? Yeah, I'm just, I guess you just focus. Like I'm trying to do my job, do it well. So that's, that's interesting. And I mean, and that's kind of testament to who you are and um, what a perfectionist you are kind of thing because you know a lot of individuals go over and it's quite overwhelming um, you know you've got the, the band you've got the, the horns you've got the, the big faces you know when they held up the big face of you and you know um, they're shouting stuff from the from the from the bleachers from the stand so um, you know for you to kind of blanket blanket out and be like so tuned in. Um, when I was on the call with, with uh, a player uh, last week and they were like, you know, they were making fun of their names and somebody got hold of his phone number and was reading out his phone number and stuff like that. So 
Um, like that to me, it, to me, it sounds hilarious, but it's all a part and part. part it's like yeah. Yeah. Okay, I never experienced that. My fans were pretty <laughs> tame. Fair enough. All right, so um, we're gonna we're gonna pivot um, and we're gonna go to the touristy uh, type subjects and the trivial stuff. Um, can you let us know where Penn State is again? University of Pennsylvania. All right. Can you let us know where the University of Pennsylvania is? No worries. So it's right. So basically, it's you could almost say it's it's Philadelphia. There's Philadelphia, the city. Then there's a river, and then Penn is literally right there. So from campus, you can look out and see the skyscrapers and stuff. Okay. Um, and let us know what is the weather like right there. We get full seasons. So when you get there, August September, it's very hot and then you'll definitely get snow at some point, you know, January, February time. And then it's beautiful again in the spring. So it's classic Northeast US, you know, you get the beautiful fall, all your seasons, if you're into that. Um, and when you're saying like the, the winter, how cold is, the, are we talking like super cold? Like, you know, you need uh, a puffer jacket and some boots and, you know, uh, a heated blanket like how cold are we talking okay maybe not i mean heated blanket only if you had no heating it's not as cold as say what i hear boston is like okay but it's i would say it's a little bit more extreme than the uk like it gets a little bit colder but it also gets a little bit hotter on the hot side okay uh, are there any weather extremes tornadoes hurricanes earthquakes We've had, I mean, I remember there was a hurricane when I was there, but it didn't really hit us the hardest because I, maybe because of where we are geographically. Uh -huh. So we didn't tend to get hit by anything that hard, but I mean, you get rainstorms, snowstorms, kind of your classic. Did we get snowed in over there or? One time we did, but we still had captain's practice. <laughs> even though the coaches Coach couldn't get care. there. Yeah, so nothing that that bad okay um what's the time difference and what do you what do you do or what did you do to get over your jet lag so we were on eastern time so it's five hours difference from the uk for most of the year at some point it's four hours but it's only a short amount of time um jet lag i'm not good at sleeping on the plane so i usually would just suffer you know i would just get there and then try and adjust figure it out a couple of a couple of days later exactly yeah it would definitely always take me a couple of days but just deal with it i think the hardest part would be of the time difference is you know when you want to call home or we would always play at 7 p.m you know if i wanted to call my parents or talk to my dad slash coach after a game or something it was like 2 a.m for them or something i mean if but he other than that, he coach and father like, he'd stay up you know what i mean if he, he was if he was that dedicated stay up <laughs> Don't worry, I'll, I'll have a word with Len. I'll let him know. It's unacceptable. Definitely. <laughs> um, what's the must-see destination um, where you was? Wow, what first came to my mind is there, uh, I don't know if you've seen, have you seen the Rocky movies? Yeah, the stairs. 
the sta- the rocky stairs. I used to go and work out there all the time, run run the stairs, and it's just beautiful. And then you stand at the top, like. Did you uh? How how many times did you have to do like, you know, try the stairs before you could do it like full time without stopping? Oh, this it's not that big. Not that big. Oh, it's not that big. It's, it's, no, I was like it look like it's like a mile long. Like he's like no. he's like for ages. He's like running and I, running. Like, running no, there's not that many stairs. They're in sets of seven. I want to say it's five, four sets of seven or something, but they're kind of long stairs. Oh, okay. Like long. So it was not, not too bad. Okay. No, you want to do sets of them. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, you say it was a go-to destination? In Philly, oh, there's so many things. I would say Philadelphia to me is one of those cities that you want to just explore. It has a lot of different pockets. Like, yeah, you just kind of got to wander. And it's not massive like New York. Like you could walk from one side of Philly to the other. I mean, it would take you all day, but it's doable. So I feel like it's just an explorer city and the food scene is also great. Just just go out and, and, and walk around. Yeah, it's a chill city. Um, now, I'm assuming it's going to be the Philly cheesesteak sandwich, but where's the best place to get food and what's the best food in Philadelphia? Wow. I mean, I don't think the cheesesteak tastes the best, but I feel like if you're in Philly, you have to try it. You have to. You have to. You have to. Because yeah, everyone can it. Um, I mean, like water ice is another famous thing, but they say water ice. What's that? It's kind of like a, almost like a snow cone type, like flavored ice, but then you can oh, eat it. Oh, okay. okay. It's pretty famous there. What else? I think there's a lot of kind of individual brunch spots or individual, um, we used to call them BYOs, like restaurants, like in Philly, it's a big culture of like you bring your own alcohol to the restaurant to have like dinner or something. When you're when you're 21, obviously, you know, yeah, obviously. But there's a lot of independent places. That's the scene that I think is the coolest in Philly. Uh, any names for us? Any particular names? Oh my gosh, it's been so long since I was there. I mean, if we're talking on campus. But if you go on campus, you'll know everything. I thought of like Baby Blue's Barbecue. There used to be this restaurant called White Dog that was pretty fancy. Federal Donuts. If you're into chicken and waffles and donuts, Federal Donuts. Federal Donuts. By the sound of it, it doesn't sound great, but you know, I'll take your word for it. Federal Donuts. Federal Donuts. I wonder if they changed their name because they're not affiliated with anything. Their logo's a chicken, so I don't know why they're called that. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, best place to get new kicks. Where's the best place to get shoes? I am not a shoe buyer. In college, we just got free shoes, so I would just wear those the whole time. Free shoes is, is the best place for me. If it's free, free shoes, my favorite shoes. <laughs> yeah, great. As long as they're in my size. Um, best American holiday and why? And I guess it's a bit, a little bit biased because you know, family's American, 
So, but what what was the favorite holiday for you? I mean, I guess I would have to say Thanksgiving in terms of its Americanness, despite its questionable origins. Uh -huh. The um, like the experience of being with family and friends and stuff, and especially if you're visiting from abroad and you probably don't have time to go home home like most of the American players will. Mm -hmm. um, hopefully and usually someone from your team will invite you to stay with them or you'll have a team dinner or something if you have a tournament and it's just a, like a family, a family and affair with good food. Okay, good. Did you get homesick and how did you deal with that? Yes. Um, I just went to the gym every time I was sad or homesick. <laughs> <laughs> just get up shots. And in your gym, they're going to have a, a shooting gun, like a Dr. Dish rebounding yeah. machine. So you can be in there for hours. You are like, there's something wrong with you. This is like, yeah, I get sick, homesick. I'm going to go shoot. Basketball is the escape. I'm going to go shoot. But I remember my mom showed up. Uh, she came to visit me in my freshman first semester. And as soon as I saw her, I just started bawling for oh. like nothing happened. But it's just like you're in such a new environment and I didn't feel comfortable enough with everyone. And, you know, you have a roommate, you don't even have your own room. So it was like the first time I felt comfortable with someone like my family that I could let my tears. Out. I do remember that vividly. She just surprised you out of nowhere. You had no idea. No, I knew she was coming to visit and then I saw her and the tears oh. just came. That's awesome. That's awesome. Shout out to me. Tough question time. Um, so, you know, being, you know, you're about 18, 19, depending on the situation coming into college, sometimes a little bit older. Um, being away from home, kind of, for most people, it's going to be their first time um, away from, you know, parents or the parental guardian. Uh, distractions, how did you deal with distractions? So, i.e., parties, alcohol, um, drugs. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? Well, my first semester, this is why I think I was, I was so basketball. I feel like my first half the year, I made like no friends outside of basketball, wasn't interested in parties. I, I tell you, I, it was like I was trialing for the <laughs> Olympic team or something. It, that's how seriously I was taking it. So <laughs> fast forward. Um, distractions. I feel like sometimes distractions are a good thing. And again, it depends on who you are. Not every message is for you, but like as someone who was undistractable, like I needed to make friends. Like I needed to go to parties. Like you're in college, you should definitely not go the whole time and never go to a party unless you really don't enjoy them. Um, and I think, I think drugs and alcohol, I think as long as you're with people that you want to be around like if people who aren't like a bad influence just to be a bad influence if you know what i mean like uh, yeah. i was lucky that my teammates were great people and especially my older teammates really always looked out for me and if you were like no i don't want to drink you know they would never pressure you so i think choosing the people you're around is one of the most important things mm. uh, and i guess you're very impressionable because your family's not right there so you know and i guess all the stuff that you hear of or um, a lot of the stuff that you think about or you're like, oh, what, like, you know, especially in like the drug stuff, like if you've never smoked before 
um, or you've not had that easy access or you don't have to worry about going home and your clothes smelling a certain way or whatever, I guess you can indulge in it more or whatever. So it's like trying to figure out how do you navigate that? You know, I've spoken to um, some individuals in the past and like, you know, they've been open and like, yeah, I've tried it. It wasn't for me or hey, everything in moderation. Um, was it, did you find like, I wouldn't say it was a an issue, but was it around you all the time? Was it stuff that was like readily, readily available? I would say, yeah, but it's like what it's, if you're looking, you know what I mean? Like if you have your eyes open, it's around you all the time and there's people around if you wanted to, yeah, experience something. Yeah, just, yeah, it's around. So it's kind of like your choice, if you know what I mean. And it's not to like judge or look down on anyone. You just, you kind of have to decide for yourself, like, what do you want to do? And yeah. Fair enough. Okay. And then the other distraction is um, getting into relationships or situationships or whatever with um, guys and girls and all the rest of it. I mean, how young lady coming from England, um, were you fighting the, 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 the attention off? Or was you, you know, just keeping yourself locked away from, you know, how did you deal with that, all the attention? Well, I mean, my first, that first semester again, I was like, Jim, <laughs> if, if you want to rebound for me, that's cool. We can hang out, but otherwise I got to go. That's the first day you rebound for me. <laughs> okay, sure. How do you set up the shooting gun? Okay, you can go now. Um, <laughs> oh, that's amazing. <laughs> I was very to myself and I actually, someone on our men's basketball team told me later, later when we were friends, he was like, yeah, I thought you were really scary when you came in as a freshman. Because everyone just thought I was like the international kid, and then I didn't speak to anyone, and I just looked like all the time. <laughs> yeah. you, can, yeah. you, can think, you know, you're, you're like just a person, and everybody else is just a person. I think, and you know, most people are insecure on some level too. So I don't know where I'm going with this, but it was. But so I'm saying, was it hard to you know outside of your first year? But as you start mingling or whatever, and people start taking interest in you, um, how was it? You know, was there a plethora of people that kind of, oh, hey, I'm trying to get at Renee, and you know that can be a distraction from itself. You know, if you get into a relationship or you know mm -hmm. someone's gonna like phoning you at all hours, hey, come hang out. You know, how was that like? Did you experience that, and you know, how did you deal with it? Yeah, I guess the like mingling part, I never found distracting um again like it, when you know what you want and you're like upfront about it but i was also in a relationship for most of my college experience and like it was with another athlete so i think there was that understanding of like okay if i got a 6 a.m lift it means i can't hang out the night before or like it just having someone that understands your situation i think is really important and also you understanding theirs whatever it is was it was it tough to have a relationship? Um, again, we spoke to somebody and they were like, "Man, I was in a three-year relationship and it was a bad, bad, it was a bad, it was a bad move." So, um, yeah, how how did how was your experience having a, a, a long-term relationship in college, especially with all these things? Was that you know, talk to that? I think this ties back to the two things I would do differently, like 
spend more time exploring college and all the experiences there and also my academics is like I poured a lot of time into that relationship which didn't per se it maybe detracted from my basketball some but also you know I took the time I would have spent on my schoolwork or you know meeting up with my friends so I think balance is really important and I mean it's fair enough if you're like I'm gonna marry this person blah 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 like this is the one you know no one can tell you anything different Mm-hmm. But I would say, you know, you're only going to be in college probably that one time in this format. So, like, don't let that experience go. So, I guess for me, that was like a little bit of a regret. But everything that I don't want to say regret because everything that's ever happened has led me to be the person I am right now, which I'm very uh, happy with. But yeah, I think it can definitely be distraction. Um, yeah, and that's, and that's interesting, you know. The thing about life, and, and I, I always say this, you never know until you've been through it. Do you know what I mean? It's, it, hindsight is twenty twenty. So, you know, you oh, yeah, get into this relationship, this person's cool or whatever, and you're like, oh, man, like I could have done so much more with my time if, um, but yeah, I guess you just don't know that at the time. So, hey, I think that's great um, bit of advice. Um, before we wrap up, um, what would be your advice to anyone that's you know looking to become a collegiate athlete in the states um you know what would be your uh, your advice i would say and i said this to some a young player recently is like know or really consider what you're looking for because as much as you know these coaches are you know, selecting from a bunch of players, you're selecting from a bunch of schools out there. There are so many schools, so know what you want. If it's like weather, you know, I knew a player who went somewhere and it was snowy and it made her miserable. So she transferred to a sunny school and like, oh, that's all the difference. So like, know what you want. Is it city? Is it a diverse student body? Is it a certain course? So name out all your criteria that you care about and look for a school that can do that for you. Secondly, like, be realistic about your basketball expectations and also your basketball ability. Is it important for you to get playing time? Do you just want to be on the best team you can possibly be on and you know, you're okay with whatever that role might be? Like, so know that and be realistic. <clears throat> and then I would say ask questions of people who've played in the US, um, coaches, coaches in the US, players who are here in the UK, so just, just ask people about their experience just like you're doing here for people to learn about and then i have one more if you can a visit will tell you a lot if you have the opportunity yeah um i was i was talking to one of our players yesterday and i was just telling him that um you know some some of the visits are quite remarkable in terms of you know they they really put out for you and roll out the red carpet and stuff and um, it's kind of like what you're saying about feeling wanted when you have that connection and you feel wanted, it kind of changes your perspective or it kind of um, heightens your your want to go to a certain program. So um, yeah, going to, going on a, on a visit is, can be, you know, hit and miss. I think in the, um, yeah, going to, going on a, on a visit is, can be, you know, hit and miss. I think in the, the Michael Jordan document, documentary he was talking about um he wanted to go to a program his his mind was set and he didn't want to go 
And his coach told him, hey, go to you know, North Carolina. And he was like, no, 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 no. And then he went there and it was like, yes, I'm coming here, kind of thing. So I need to fact check that, well, I'm sure. It was either that or I know it was with Nike as well. And his mum told him, you know. I remember the Nike part for sure. Yeah, was, was it NC State in North Carolina maybe? I think so. I think I can't remember exactly, but I do remember like a part where he was like against it and the, the visit changed it, you know, meeting the coach and everyone else. It was a big game changer. So um, sometimes yeah, when you think you know and you experience it, you're like, uh, actually, let me, you know. Yeah. And there's no that. Um, Renee, it has been absolutely fantastic to have you. Um, Great, great, great seeing you over the years and you doing your thing and um, absolutely petrified. I've said it to your dad a million times and, and other people. I am petrified of any time you wanting a job or my job uh, specifically because I know that you'll most likely get it with your work ethic um, and, and, and the way you, you know, approach um, what you want to achieve. So I'm very thankful to have you here today. Um, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. There are jobs for all of us. One day, <laughs> you might hire me. We'll see. I'm Renee Bush, and you've been watching The Euro Step In. This is... This is The Euro Step In.